Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy with Sharky Housing Jaber. I'm your host, Harold Kirshner. Today's topics include the Fed cuts rates again, what's going on with HELOCs, also known as home equity line of credit, and how are negative interest rates faring? Let's take a quick look at the numbers. This past week, we got new GDP numbers for the third quarter. They came in at 1.9%. Surprisingly strong, considering there's been lots of media attention out there saying a recession is coming. With these kinds of numbers, it sure doesn't look like it. Definitely not in 2019. Don't see it happening in 2020. Maybe 2021, but the numbers just don't support 2020. Labor numbers are looking good. Unemployment came up a little bit, 3.6%. We're still at full employment here in the economy. Crude oil's up a little bit, nothing to concern ourselves with. The euro is flat, just like it was this past week. Interesting thing about the treasury numbers, we no longer have an inverted yield curve. How long that will last, we don't know. But you can see from the numbers that we have an upward sloping curve. Uh, mortgages are still below 4%. If you haven't refied, why not? Let's take a look at what the Fed did this past week. As everyone knows, the Fed cut rates again. In their minutes, they made it very clear that they're on a pause right now. Going forward, do not anticipate any more interest rate cuts. As I stated earlier, the economy is still strong. Labor is still great. The markets are up. There is no need for additional Fed stimulus. I think that was the point when they came out and said, we are on pause. Longer term, let's take a look at what Fed interest rates have done versus the 30-year mortgage. As you can see here, the red line shows what the Fed funds rate has been doing since the early 70s. The blue line, which is the national 30-year average of mortgages, you get to see that it follows relatively close to what the Fed does. However, there are periods of time when mortgage rates and the Federal Reserve do not agree. As you can see here, mortgage rates actually spiked up back in 2014, even though the Federal Reserve was flat. And right now, here in the last few weeks, you can see what has happened. Mortgage rates in anticipation of a Fed cut went down and then they actually spiked up after the Fed announced. Moving on, where have all the HELOCs gone? Well, since 2009, the trend has been going down, down, down. What does that mean? It means that Americans are using home equity line of credit less and less and less. Well, why is that? Well, initially, back in 2008, 2009, we all know courtesy of the Great Recession, that we had tremendous loss of home equity. And it's taken a very long time to rebuild that equity in our houses. Also, because of Dodd-Frank and all the bad lending that was going on at the time, we now have very tight lending standards compared to what it was like back then. You may remember the term liar loans. Well, they don't exist anymore. And that's a good thing. The other thing to keep in mind is there have been rising Fed rates. As we all know, over the last couple of years, the Fed was raising rates before they started to cut rates this year. Another important thing that occurred was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. What's so significant about that act is that when it comes to home equity lines of credit, you can no longer use, for tax deductions, 
your home equity line of credit to purchase a car, to purchase a boat, to take a great vacation. You can still get the tax deduction on a home equity line of credit, but it must be specifically for improvements on your house or the purchase of a second property. The other thing that occurred that caused Americans to use less and less home equity lines of credit is the huge refinance boom that's been going on over these last 10 years. People have been taking existing home equity lines of credit and rolling them into their primary residence so they can lock in significantly lower long-term interest rates, 15-year notes and 30-year notes. What is this news we hear about negative interest rates? Well, right now, there are over $13 trillion of bonds that actually pay a negative interest rate. Now, none of those are here in the United States. They're predominantly in Europe and Japan. What happens is that an issuer wants to issue debt. They need money. But they're doing so in an attempt to stimulate the economy. European Central Bank does that, and the Bank of Japan does that. To entice banks to lend money, they actually reduce the rate to such a level that a bank who wants to put money at the central bank actually has to pay the central bank. Well, as we all know, normally when you deposit money, you get paid. You don't pay. Because of the slowdown in Europe, because of the long economic problems in Japan, monetary policy has taken on a new angle to where we're trying all sorts of different things around the world to stimulate growth. And the big way of doing it is negative interest rates. Of the $13 trillion that are out there with negative interest rates, over a trillion dollars are actually corporate bonds. The media doesn't always bring that out. We always hear about how government debt is negative. Well, you're seeing more and more corporate debt that is going negative. Why? Because banks are trying anything in their power to find people to lend to so that they can earn money. What that means is companies who may not necessarily be really good investment risks are getting access to capital that perhaps maybe they shouldn't get access to. Japan has been using negative interest rates long before the European Central Bank started to. As a matter of fact, you can see that in 2016 they went negative, then they got positive again, and they've been bumping along the zero line, and here we are again, here in the last month or so, they've gone negative again. Once again, the whole reason behind negative interest rates is to try to find ways to stimulate your economy. One of the things about negative interest rates is to raise inflation. Well, how do we do that? Well, if we are shoving cash into people's pockets, the theory is we will go take that money and we will invest it. We will buy things. We will do capital improvements. We will put people to work. Well, it didn't quite actually work out the way we were hoping to. It's working, but not to the level expected. A way to look at it is what inflation rates are. If you're spending like mad and people are buying like mad, you would expect inflation to rise. Well, as an example, the European Central Bank, their target rate is approximately 2%, yet they're nowhere near that number. They've been using negative interest rates for a couple of years now. Denmark, similar situation. Interesting note, Switzerland. 
Switzerland actually went to negative interest rates not to increase consumption. They did negative interest rates to actually protect their currency and their economy. When the Great Recession occurred, many, many people were worrying about the future of the euro. So what a lot of people did in France and Germany and Spain and Italy is they sold euros and invested it into Swiss francs. That pushed the Swiss franc to levels never imagined. The Swiss central bank had to come in and say, wait a minute, this is hurting our economy. We got to do something. That's why they implemented negative rates. The Scandinavian countries have also experimented here a little bit. The interesting thing about them, however, is that they have real concerns about long-term negative interest rates. They have been pushing stimulus by building and capital expenditures to the point where they don't need negative interest rates anymore. They have been much more aggressive in attempting other ways to generate growth in their economy. Let's talk about briefly some of the positives of negative interest rates. The core underlying idea behind it is to boost economic activity by encouraging banks and other entities to lend or invest funds as opposed to paying penalties on funds in their bank accounts. Makes sense. Why should I pay a bank to hold money? I should take that money and invest it and make earnings and returns elsewhere. Another big thing I've already alluded to, Get inflation up. One of the biggest fears we've had over the last decade because of the Great Recession is deflation. It's not around. I don't anticipate it to be around. It's one of the big reasons behind negative interest rates. Grow, 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 grow. Get inflation going a little bit to a manageable number. And everything should work out. Another interesting thing, it's not a primary thing, however... With negative interest rates, I, the investor, don't want to hold money in my country. What do I do? I take that money, I sell my euro, and I go and invest it overseas, like the United States. What happens there? Well, if I'm selling euros, that puts downward pressure on the currency. Well, what happens there? Ah, it makes my goods cheaper, which means if I'm an export country, more people should want my goods, and therefore, my export markets should grow. Now, let's move on to some of the negatives of negative interest rates. What we're beginning to wonder is how effective longer-term negative interest rates are. Well, some downside. They punish savers. Think about it. Your money's in the bank and it's earning lower and lower and lower rates because of negative interest rates. It rewards debtors. I owe a lot of money. Why not go get negative yielding debt? Um, it does encourage poor allocation of capital. In other words, I'm gonna take my money and invest somewhere where I can earn something. Generally, that suggests higher risk companies. An example of that, high-yield bonds. High-yield bonds in and of themselves aren't bad. Too much of it, once again, too many eggs in one basket, bad things occur. Long-term investors have big problems with negative interest rates. 
Well, what kind of people are those? Think pension funds and insurance companies. They have obligations that run 30, 40, 50 years out into the future. They invest in equities. They invest in real estate. They also invest in bonds. It's called liability matching. I have a liability. I got to pay you out your pension in 20 years. I want to make sure I have the cash then. A great way to do it is to own a 20-year bond. Well, that 20-year bond is earning 0% or 1% or even negative 1%. We have a problem. Another thing that occurs with negative interest rates, it hurts bank earnings. We've all complained about fees at our local bank sometime in the past. What we have to remember is banks are the financial engines of economies. They take the depositors' money in, pay a rate, turn around, and lend it out, and charge a rate. Well, if those numbers aren't working really well and there's not a profit margin, banks start slowing down. They get worried about lending. They get worried about staying in business. It begins to encourage hoarding of cash. If I'm not sure I can lend this money out and make a profit, even though I might be getting charged by my central bank, I may hoard or hold on to more cash than I should because I want to make sure I'm in business tomorrow. Coming full circle, remember, we had a really good third quarter. It wasn't 2%, but 1.9% GDP growth for the United States is still a very good number. If we take out the trade war and impeachment rhetoric, the economy could easily be growing in the low twos to two and a half percent. Those things will eventually resolve themselves. As we've heard recently, there's a good chance of a phase one trade agreement with China before Christmas. We don't know what that means, but it will be positive news. Eventually, Politics will resolve itself, and it will not have any kind of a big impact on the economy. The economy is governed by you and I, the consumer, not by political rhetoric. Thank you again for joining us. If you have any questions, please send your comments to info at shjw.com. Until next time, thank you so much.